Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather Kiros, and I'm the author and founder of First Century Youth Ministry. And if you want to learn about Jesus from his Jewish context and get better at discipleship in the 21st century, this podcast is for you. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartel Podcast Network. Hey, friends, welcome back to the show again. I've got um, our Chicago Bears loving fan, Bill Allison, back on the show, our disciple making friend on. And Bill and I had a great conversation last week. If you didn't check out that episode, I totally encourage you to listen to that one first and then listen to this episode as Bill and I are going to take the conversation a little bit further. As Bill talked about in his book, he gave us a number of what he would call the secret sauce of discipleship, which makes me think of McDonald's and the Big Mac, which is really not secret sauce. It's just Thousand Island. Didn't you feel like wronged when you found that out the first time? Did you feel that way, Bill? Uh, I never really <laughs> liked Big Macs or McDonald's, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I don't eat McDonald's anymore, but when I was a kid, I thought it was secret sauce, but it's not. It's a lie. It's just like chick. It's like Chick Fil A sauce. It's honey mustard with mayonnaise. I know, right? Isn't that right? With barbecue, I think. And so people are like, "Oh, it's amazing!" I'm like, "You can make it at home." <laughs> but, anyways, I shouldn't down Chick Fil A. It's, it's the, it's you know, it's the Lord's chicken. So, um, but so in your book, you talked about the importance, and you alluded to this. Actually, you talked about it a little bit in our last episode about time with, and as we talked about discipleship and and how we can grow in that within our ministries, you gave us some great ideas about spending time with people, not just doing things for them and to them. And so what is time with, what does that look like when it comes to disciple making friendship of Jesus? Yeah, that's the incarnational ministry of Jesus. He steps out of eternity past into the, into 2000 years ago and, and he lived among us and, and it's that simple God with us. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Fun just to, to explore how many times Jesus is with people, and 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 uh, it, John three twenty two says Jesus went into a Judean countryside where he spent some time with his disciples, and it's interesting because that Greek word uh, some time with mm-hmm. literally is the idea of diatribo, which means to rub together. Wow! And off on. So in other words, uh, Jesus went into a Judean countryside where he rubbed himself off on those disciples. And it's true. And in Acts, they said, hey, who, who do these people remind us of? Acts chapter four, verse 13. Who do, who do these people remind us of? They had been with Jesus, they said. Oh, so they good. adopted his way of life, his character, his priority, his mission, and uh, and his message. You know, all those things Jesus rubbed off on his disciples. And so I feel like so much of what we do in current youth ministry, as well as rest of ministry, is we just give people information mm. and uh information is good but jesus was not having any of that just information he actually gave his disciples a way of life and that mm. can only come you can't one candle lights another only if they're pulled close yeah so you can't get the flame of witness from mm. jesus unless you're close to him and you can't pass it to somebody from you know, a pulpit, you can give information Mm -hmm. and you can encourage and you can, you know, do a, you know, uh, correct. And you can do a lot of things, but you can only make disciples up close. Mm -hmm. And that's what we learned from Jesus. Yeah. You know, I has had a conversation with a young adult now who was a teenager in my ministry years ago. 
And you know what the first thing she said to me was? She said, Heather, do you remember that one time I came over to your house and you made that spaghetti sauce? It was so good. It was like, wow. And I was like, wait, that's the thing you remember the most was when we made spaghetti sauce. Sure. Right. But but that's exactly what you're talking about is it's time with it's stepping off of the pulpit and into people's lives to get closer to them in relationship. It makes me think of that um, saying in the Talmud that says that um, that um, you're to, to something along the lines of like, you know, that uh, you would get so close to your rabbi that you would be covered in the dust of their feet. Right. Mm-hmm. That you would be so close to Jesus that he would start to rub off on you that you would spend so much. But that was, that was the disciple making genius of Jesus, right? That was that people followed him, like literally followed him so closely that they were covered in the dust of their rabbi. And that's the challenge for us as youth leaders is to get off of the stage and into the lives of teenagers where we're making spaghetti sauce with them. We're shooting hoops with them. Um, or in your case, we're playing tennis, right? I remember your, that story in your book about the older adult who played tennis with you and it it formed a relationship and a discipleship relationship that was all about Jesus. And so so that's time with. And so to further um let leaders know about that secret sauce that you're talking about in your book, you talked about this um ancient Hebrew word kavana uh, that helps us understand how God empowers us to live as disciple making friends. And so you said kavana means to aim and hit the bullseye. Um, and of course, you pointed out that sin is to miss the mark, which is fairly interesting, the different um, the differences there. But you, you commented in your book that the, the roots of Kavana is in the Babylonian Talmud in Barakot 32 says, our rabbis taught four things required to be done with Kavana, namely study of Torah, good deeds or loving others and showing kindness, praying always in one's worldly occupation. And so then you broke that down in your book. Mm-hmm. As you made comment that uh, scholars have put further study of that word kavana and the four intentionalities, and so let's kind of talk about those four intentionalities now. Sure. Um, so Kavanaugh, we call it Kavanaugh. Okay, Kavanaugh sure. Has those four four things, but the four hundred years before Jesus, this is like uh, from the Babylonian Talmud, like you mentioned. They, it's just basically a written record of the, the oral tradition of how rabbis debated and argued and questioned yeah. each other. Yep. And they were there. This particular one was around the idea of how can we know if we're hitting the bullseye of our relationship with God? Because mm-hmm. Kavanaugh means to hit the bullseye. It's a two-part word where we bring these four things to bear and God's active manifest presence meets us there. And it's kind of this sweet spot. Uh, I would think of uh, the New Testament, it would be the Holy Spirit and working in and through us to engage these four things. And so just to keep it simple, one is study scripture to know and love God, not study scripture, no theology. There's a big difference. Um, And then prayerfulness, not just prayer, prayerfulness. And then there's all of life is worship, not just a worship service. And then the last one was extravagantly loved by God to love others extravagantly. They said those four things, when you bring these four things and God's active manifest presence presence is with you there that's when you are hitting the bullseye of your relationship with god that's really good and you talked about that in practical ways in our last episode of like what would a youth group look like if we wanted to really focus on being intentional about getting into the lives of teenagers and you you hit on all those things being in god's word together praying for each other um sharing about what's going on in your life together and then you know obviously all of that 
creates a sense of worship together, right? That we're doing life together, that we're spending time with one another and being intentional about all of that together. So yeah. Any other comments on Did you said Kavanaugh? Is that what you all say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm great at butchering both Greek and Hebrew. (laughs) Me too. It's fine. We're good. I'm not afraid to jump in there and do it. (laughs) The one thing I will say, it's interesting, extravagantly loved by God to love others. To me, that's the gospel. Yeah. This was 400 years before Jesus would die on the cross for us. But they believed, and if you go to Acts 34, excuse me, Exodus 34, 6 and 7, you know, God reveals himself as this slow to anger, extravagantly loving person when he's revealing himself to Moses and the children of Israel. You know, John 3, 16 is Exodus 34, 6 and 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, the, it's kind of the same thing there, but God's sure. always been a loving slow to anger, you know, mm-hmm. generous God to us. Yeah. Uh, so but now we know, understand that as the gospel. So I would also make that a regular part of, of uh, any youth group meeting. The rem- those aren't, if though, a lot of people hear those four things, Heather, and you know what they think? Oh, now I got to do four things and it's so heavy. And I'm like, you're missing the point. Mm. Jesus and these four things will become a part of your rhythm of your life because of God's great love for you. You'll want to live these four things in your, in your marriage, in your, in your family, in your, uh, you know, church staff, in your youth ministry. This is the, this is what time with you're doing these four things with time with. Yeah, that's right. What does the scripture say out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you've got pouring into yourself is what's going to come out. And if Jesus is really being poured in, that's what's going to come out in natural ways, in ways that are supernatural and that, you know, don't have to be forced. Right. But is it's genuine. That's what, and I, you might not know her, but um, there's a youth ministry uh, uh, hero of mine. She, her name is Jeannie Mayo. And um, man, the times that I've been in her presence, you just feel like, she is centered on you. And at first I was like, is this genuine? Like she really seems to be caring so much and trying to make sure that everybody's so seen and valued that it almost feels like she's, but then, but then the longer you are around her, the more you realize that, no, this was really genuine, that she really did genuinely care and wanted to make everybody seen and cared and valued and loved. And I went away from my time spending time with her. And I was like, I want to be like that woman. That's what I want to do. That's what, that's, that's what ministry is right? It's, it's, it's eye contact. It's really caring. It's speaking, encouraging words of life. It's being with a person, it's love, it's care, it's concern. It's, it's being with one another in relationship and loving God together. I I just want to jump on what you said there, because I, that's how I imagine Jesus being. He sees you and Mm -hmm. my, I'm praying through the old Testament names of God right now. And I am in love with El Roe. Mm. God who sees. Amen. And if you go back to Genesis and see where that story comes from, it's it's uh, the rejected wife of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And uh, what God says, El Roi, he re- reveals himself as the God who sees. And what would happen in our youth ministries if instead of having some kind of amalgamous uh, you know, group of people, we act kids actually felt like mm-hmm. we see them we see wow. where they're yes. we acknowledge them oh that's so good that has been my goal you know is to make sure that kids know that they're loved because I, I lived as a lonely teenager who felt so alone and felt like nobody saw me mm-hmm. and um man that's those are critical times in the life of a person those teenage years 
And there are oftentimes pivotal times of decisions of faith of which way are they going to go? And if we can be that one adult, because I'm sure you have, you've had it, right. You've had people contact you years and years later because you were that safe person for them. You were that person that cared and you were that person that showed that you loved them. I still have young adults who will reach out for me to, from time to time, even though they're not really following Jesus, they, but they know that I love them and that I'm going to care for them. And I am going to help them support them spiritually if, if that's what they need. Right. And so, yeah. So, so to wrap up the conversation today, then what um, is that last bit of that secret sauce you talked about in your book, D3, the disciple making process, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, again, when I say this, you know, it's, be a disciple who makes a disciple who makes more disciples. We haven't made disciples like Jesus until mm-hmm. those we're discipling make more disciples. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then that feels kind of heavy in the sense of like, all right, now I got to produce three generations. And uh, a lot of leader types who are in ministry will say, how do I just get to D3? I just want to jump right to D3. And to me, that's as silly as saying like, uh, you get married and you say, I want to have grandkids first. Uh, you don't know it's not how it works, right? You actually got to do the hard work of having kids and then raising them. Wow. That's gonna everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then at the end, you see them also have children and they tell me, and now that I know, uh, you know, it's only been a few months for us. Uh, it is, it is the greatest part of having children is grandchildren. I love mm. my kid, uh, but I really am crazy about my grandson. And so that to say, um, you know, that's, there's three generations. And I think when we get to helping someone is fun, but when Mm. we help them help someone, that's when you get three generations. If you have a minimum of three generations and each disciple goes three generations, it actually changes the world. And I I guess the last thing I'll say uh, about that is we, in America, with all of our youth ministry and all of our church planning and all that we have going for us, we're actually losing ground. We, and here's why I say that paganism is displacing Christianity mm-hmm. and everybody knows it. Yeah. We are weak. They are strong. And uh, it's, it's because they're making better disciples. They're, they're making way better disciples. They have indoctrinated people. They have lied to these people. They have made them have all these crazy ideas that aren't even related to reality or truth or certainly not scripture. Mm. And yet when Jesus made disciples who made disciples, the Roman empire was in full steam ahead. They were brutal in 300 years. Jesus's disciple making movement actually displaces paganism of Romanism of Roman of of, of Rome. Yeah. And what happens? Christianity takes over. That's right. And it all boil. They didn't have politicians. They didn't have any Christian politicians. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any buildings. But a small band of people shared with their friends three generations deep, 2,000 years later, here we are. I'm not against buildings. I'm not against programs. I'm not against anything. But the only thing worth my short life, Heather, mm. is to help people find and follow Jesus and help them to do it three generations, at least three generations deep, because it's the only thing that's going to outlive us. That's right. Yeah. I love that multiplication table that you shared in your book of the difference it makes when instead of just like making one disciple, but make a disciple who then goes and does the very same thing. And so, you know, I think some practical ways that can look in a youth ministry is I've seen it in my own church of 
kids who start, you know, helping in the high school students who start helping in the junior high ministry, or they start serving in the kids ministry or something like that, where they are now taking what you've poured into them. Cause I felt that right. Like in disciple making relationships with teens, where it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, I feel like I've, I've poured in so much to you, but now it's your turn to go in and do it. But I haven't really taken that step to challenge them to do that. And so that's going to be, this is a good conversation for me because it's challenging me to think about how to take that to the next step with the students who I mentor. Well, I would encourage anybody not to wait. The moment I have a friendship with a student, the things that I ask them is, who are you sharing this with? You know, we're learning this together. Who are you? Who are you praying with? Who are you helping to follow? Mm -hmm. I think that's something that immediately the disciples catch on uh, from Jesus. It's, you know, he said, you'll be with me and then I'll send you out. And then, you know, you, they go with Jesus and then he sends them out and then he celebrates them. There's one place in, uh, in, in the gospels where Jesus, it says, Jesus is full of joy in the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. When the 72 come back and report to Jesus and yeah. I think my heart just fills with joy because of the three generations. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So friends, this has been a great conversation with Bill. I'm going to leave some links in the show notes for how you can connect with Bill, how you can pick up the disciple making genius of Jesus. And who knows, maybe Bill will hang around with us sometime in the future. It'd be fun to try to get maybe a, as you would call a little hovering group together of um, disciple making friends who want to make more disciples in the youth ministry community. So uh, Bill, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for the great grounding conversations on discipleship and friends. Also don't forget to check out that trip to Israel. We've got a couple of people signed up and ready to roll for that, but we would love for you to join us in August of 2023. Take your faith and disciple making mission to the next level. So friends, thanks for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Bye.